Hey, thanks for joining us at Connection Point Church. You know, we would love for you to stay connected and a simple way for you to do that is to subscribe so that each week you can get notified when new content goes live. We'd also love to keep in touch with you throughout the week and the best way to do this is through our Connection Point Facebook page. Now with all that being said, let's go to this week's message with our lead pastor, Zach Maddox. Good morning. Welcome to Connection Point Church, and welcome to those joining us online. I'm Pastor Zach. Shelly and I serve as lead pastors here. So glad you've joined us today, this holiday weekend. Everybody have a good Thanksgiving? I hope you did. Hope you had a great time with friends and family. Anybody have too much turkey? Come on. Can you have too much? Maybe if it's really dry, I don't know. Glad you joined us for this weekend, though. We're going to wrap up a series on Luke, and Shelly and I have been talking a lot about the last three years. So it was actually this Sunday, three years ago, we started Luke. I remembered because of that first Sunday where we started into Luke, our in-laws were in town for Thanksgiving and we hosted them for Thanksgiving and my father-in-law. So I preached the first four verses of Luke, which is kind of the background on, on who Luke was writing to. He was commissioned by Theophilus and, and my father-in-law said, thanks for preaching that. I don't think I've ever heard anybody preach on the first four verses of Luke. <laughs> Uh, so it's four years ago or three years ago that we, we started this series and today we're going to wrap it up. And so we've been talking a lot about, man, the last three years and the journey we've been on with Jesus, personally as a family, but as a church as well. And, and so what I wanted to do to, to start this morning by way of introduction is have a couple of people that have been a part of the church the last three years. Uh, I, want, I asked if they would share, what has that journey been for you as you've been journeying through Luke, applying those scriptures to your life? Um, so I'm going to ask uh, Naren, Sloan, and Stacey Gaines, if you guys wouldn't mind to come. Can we welcome them as they come? So if you don't know Stacy and, and Naren, so Stacy, uh, her husband Dan, is a deacon here at the church, and um, that's happened in the last three years. And uh, she leads our mega sports camp event that happens in the summer. I was here on the worship team this morning, so helps in different ways. And, and uh, one of the things that uh, we... Um, I had encouraged people to do as we got into Luke is grab a journaling Bible and as we go through Luke, fill it out. Take all your notes in that because in so doing, by the time we finish Luke, like you'll have your own commentary on the New Testament book of Luke. So I'm going to have Stacy share and then Naren to kind of give you some background too. So Naren is uh, one of the deacons here at the church and his life has changed a bit in the last three years, transitioned to a different school that he's teaching in and uh, he and his wife, uh, Suzanne, they lead our young adult connect group. And that's been going on for a couple of years now. And he oftentimes will be running uh, sound tech as well. Um, so they're involved in different things here at the church. But it's been neat to see the journey the Lord's had them on. And so I just want them to share a bit about that this morning. All right. I had to write down notes so that I don't go all over the place. Um, so when we started Luke about three years ago, Zach had mentioned of find a journaling Bible and kind of journal your way through Luke as we go through. So I did. I found this. It's called a journal um, and basically what it is, is on one side, you write out the scripture and on the other side, it's blank. And so what I did is just used that as a place to take notes during the sermon messages, but then also to journal and just kind of think about like, what are you saying through this passage and how do you want me to respond um, to this Lord as we would go throughout the weeks. And so I would kind of do that during, during my abiding time. Um, 
as a way to just let God speak through his word um, and then allow my heart a chance to obey. And so as I look back over the last three years of really studying Luke, um, there's a lot of different ways that I could say that the Lord has spoke to me. But if I really narrow it all down, um, I, can, I, can, I can definitely find two major themes. And one is definitely prayer um, or my abiding time. And the second is just understanding the kingdom and what the kingdom of heaven is. And so first, my prayer life has definitely changed as I started taking the, the verses that we were covering or the passages that we were covering every Sunday and spending more than just like the 30 minutes on Sunday thinking about it and actually going home and, and writing the word out and, and, and rereading it and meditating on it and praying about it. The Lord just really started to kind of transform uh, my abiding time. And I, it's not that I didn't abide before. Um, abiding is definitely a discipline that I've had um, in my life for many years. But the way that I abided um, shifted over the last three years. Um, and initially, really what I would do is kind of abide to encounter Jesus, which is not a bad thing at all. Don't hear me say that. Um, but I would really just focus in on intimacy with him and, and telling him how much I love him and telling him how much I want to do his will and, and kind of me focused on talking to him. There was not a lot of listening that was going on during my abiding time. And so this forced me to be silent and to sit and to listen and to hear what he was saying through his word and to allow Jesus to use um, his word to speak words to me that were relevant um, to what I was going through at that exact moment in that particular circumstance um, in my life. And so now my prayers have a lot of just literal quiet time um, in them. And that's hard for me, for those of you guys who know me, that's a difficult thing uh, for me to do, to just be silent before the Lord and to not say anything. And there are days that it's boring and there are days that I'm just, I don't even want to do it, but I do it because I know that he's worth it. And I know that he will show up and he will speak to me, um, through his word because that's what his word does. Um, so because there are definitely times I don't understand um, what he's asking me to do, don't necessarily maybe even agree <laughs> with what he's asking me to do, there's that, that development of intimacy that has been so important as well because I know his character and I trust his heart. So when he asks me to do something that seems hard, um, I have that, that kind of level of fearlessness within me because I know his heart and I know that he's good and I know that he's never going to ask me to do something that's not gonna be for my good and for his glory. Uh, and so that definitely my prayer life, um, has changed. Over the last year, I definitely feel like Zach has been uh, kind of ramping up his messages a little bit. They've been a little more intense. Lately, we had tables flipping over and things like that. Um, <laughs> and so at the, the cool thing, though, was like as I, as I looked at um, the journaling throughout the week and would dig into the scriptures even deeper, just realized it wasn't Zach that was getting intense. It was Jesus who was getting intense. And Jesus was using his word to communicate that intensity to us that, that he loves us and he wants us to understand this. And he was looking at Jerusalem. His eye is set on Jerusalem and he, he knows that the cross is there, but he also knows that the cross means that we now have access into the kingdom. And so he's dying for us to get this, literally dying for us to get this. Um, and so the second area that has really expanded in my life is a deeper understanding of what the kingdom of heaven is um, and who Jesus is as a result of that. So as we came through uh, Luke 6, which was the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount uh, part of Luke, God really started challenging me to just examine the kingdom of heaven. What is it? Um, who is he? What, is, what does all this mean? What does it mean to be a citizen in this kingdom? If I'm supposed to be a citizen and I'm supposed to represent this kingdom to this other world that I'm living in, what does that even mean? And so kind of went through this 
time, I haven't really been released from it yet, uh, of just re- reading through the Sermon on the Mount over and over and over again. Because the Sermon on the Mount is kind of like the constitution of the kingdom. It tells us how we can be inwardly transformed so that we can then go and engage the world around us and bring the kingdom um, to the world around us. And so as we were just continuing through Luke, it started to become clear to me that the Christian life that I had been living wasn't enough. It wasn't cutting it. And it wasn't so much that like I wasn't checking the right boxes or anything like that, but I was made for more. Like there's a fullness of the kingdom that he desires for us to live in and that he desires for us to be engaged in um, when we really understand what the kingdom is um, and who he is as a result of being in that kingdom. Um, And so Certainly my entire perspective has shifted um, in terms of, yes, I have rights as a citizen in this kingdom of heaven, but I also have some really big responsibilities um, being a citizen uh, in this kingdom. And my life is no longer my own. I surrendered the rights that I have uh, when I decided that the, Je- the work that Jesus did on the cross was enough. Um, when I decided to accept that, um, I now have responsibilities um, in this kingdom as a citizen in this kingdom. And so it's hard for us uh, here in the United States I think, to live that way and to think about a kingdom. Um, We are very consumed with our rights. At times, we tend to really get concerned about whether or not our rights are being trampled on. And I um, am talking to myself here, but the idea is that we're living in the wrong kingdom when that is our focus. When we're thinking about how how everything in the the culture is, is against us, we're living in the wrong kingdom. Our kingdom has already won. Our kingdom is already at hand. Our kingdom is already victorious. And so when we can declare allegiance to that king and live in the reality, of a kingdom of heaven that is here now with a king who is alive um, and who is working even as we speak, our our whole life and our whole perspective, um, at least mine, um, has certainly changed. So yes, journaling through Luke has absolutely um, changed uh, my life and my perspective um, on what following Jesus even means. Um, I was looking back through the journal yesterday and in the very first message of the series I wrote, following Jesus should motivate us to tell others about Jesus. And that really is the point. Being with Jesus and telling others about Jesus is really what we were made to do um, in this life. And it's really clear to me looking back that I needed this time uh, to sit and meditate throughout the book of Luke to really learn to listen to him in prayer so that I can partner with him um, and that I needed to start to understand the kingdom so that I could be effective um, in using those kingdom principles to partner with him as I'm bringing um, heaven to earth and advancing his kingdom. Amen. Thanks, Stacy. Well, I know for me, um, this journey for me um, has been one of transformation. And I think the Christian life, that's what it's about. It's about sanctification. It's a lifelong process. Um, But I was just talking to uh, Rachel Amick out on Main Street and just the idea that with journaling, I think sometimes it's it's great to journal. I'm terrible at it. Um, I struggle to do it. but it gets written down. I think sometimes it, it gets lost. We forget about God's goodness mm-hmm. and his gracious mercy on us. Um, and I end up feeling a lot like Martha and not so much like Mary. Um, we get caught up in the busyness of life mm-hmm. and Jesus is in the room and just waiting for us. Um, so I would encourage you, if you journal, don't just journal and forget it. Go back and revisit and see what God's been doing in your life. Because mm-hmm. as I went through this, I, I text Zach yesterday. I said, well, how much time do we have? Because as I'm going through this, there's no way to capture everything that he's done. <laughs> I mean, in, in three years, 
he has transformed my life. Um, I think of my life as a terrible episode of Hoarders, if you've ever seen that show. And I cringe when I think of that show, and my wife is very orderly and needs things. But I just think of how God has come through, and he's still doing that, that work in my life, but just started to clear out areas hmm. in my life. Um, I, I was thinking back to a, an entry from uh, February 3rd, <clears throat> a few years ago. It just, I was just crying out to God, just, God, bring me out of the fringe. Bring me off of that. Bring me into the light. I don't want to sit back in the darkness anymore. I want to be engaged. Um, and, you know, and ironically, it's funny because I've always thought of myself, and I tell people all the time that, you know, Ed and Vicki Young, I tell them, I don't want to I, I lead necessarily. That's not my strength. I'm, I'm content sitting back at the soundboard where it's kind of dimly lit. No one really notices me back here. Um, and ironically, I find myself up here this morning, um, but that's God. Everything that you've overcome in your life is a supernatural work mm. that God has done through you mm. and is doing in you. It's ongoing. It's not going to end until he comes back. Um, so a couple of those things for me, though, um, have been words that have been spoken over me. Um, you're not enough. You're not good enough. You'll only be this or that. And those are words that people have spoken over me. And it took a long time um, for me to overcome that. But part of that has just been claiming our identity in Christ. God yeah. calls us his children. That's enough. We are children in his kingdom. Um, and we have to cling to that. So when you are bumping up against those things in our lives that, you know, are, are against God's truth, we have to, we have to cling to that. Um, so I, I kind of fell uh, in... Um, into four, four areas for me were truth, trust, obedience, and community. And if we look at God's truth, he comes through every time. There's no ambiguity about it. It's solid like a rock. And because he is truthful, we can then live truthful lives because we trust him. If we trust him, we'll obey him. And we get to live that out in the context of community. Um, not just this community here, but then we go out these doors into the community and share that truth and that trust and obediently walk out what he's calling us to. And sometimes we don't feel equipped. I don't feel equipped to be doing what I'm doing, and I'm not. It's because what he's doing through me. I, there's nothing that I can do other than obey the, the skills or whatever thing that I've learned. The, it's obedience, and it's not always perfect by any means. Um, but we just have to, um, I don't remember who said it, we have to plod well, okay? Um, I just, I just want to encourage you um, this morning that um, it's not over. It's not finished. We have claimed victory, and every victory that you claim is due to Jesus. So don't, um, don't give up. If you're in a place of discouragement, be encouraged. He is sitting on the throne. And we should be praising God for that every day um, that we get to claim that victory because of the sacrifice that he's made. Can we thank Naren and Stacy for sharing? It really has been a journey if you think back to those messages that, uh, that we've walked through. Um, and I know some of those have stuck to different people's lives in different ways. And, and so the way we'd like to just kind of conclude today is to look at that last passage of Luke under the heading of a blessed life. 
that we're offered the opportunity to live a blessed life in his kingdom as followers of Jesus and as we live in that gospel story. And the, the passage we'll walk through today, it does a beautiful job of just saying, here's a summary of the blessings that you're offered in his kingdom. So if you have your Bibles, hey, I hope you've got God's word with you today. If you're new to Connection Point, we say that because we want you daily in God's word. I'm going to invite you to stand for the, the reading of God's word today. We're in Luke chapter 24, taking a look at verse 36 through the end of the chapter, the end of the book. The context is last week where we left off is Jesus had visited with some Emmaus Road travelers and the breaking of bread, Jesus was made known to them. And so these guys run back to Jerusalem. They're telling all the disciples about what had happened. And this is where we pick up today. And as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. What's the, the Hebrew word for peace? Shalom. He said, shalom, y'all. What an entry point. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. Of course they were. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why did out to rise in your hearts? They're like, because we see a ghost, Jesus. See my hands and my feet, that it's I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate before them. And he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things and behold, I'm sending the promise of my father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And then he led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. This is important. He blessed them. We have the opportunity to live a blessed life in the kingdom of God because Jesus blesses us. This is his final act before he, he departs in a sense. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. These are the very words of God. You may be seated this morning. So I paused at the part where it says that Jesus, before ascending, he blesses the disciples. And as I was working through this passage, it was easy to pull out to say, and here's the way that these disciples are blessed. Here's the way that we are blessed as we follow him and live in the gospel. So the first thing we find, the first thing in this passage is that we are blessed. We live a blessed life because we can encounter Jesus. And we talked about that last week, that these Emmaus Road travelers, they encounter Jesus as their expectations of him were made right. As they welcomed Jesus as a stranger, as their, their hearts were unlocked and, and their minds were open to the scriptures and to the, what the gospel story is. And, and then as they took communion, as they covenanted with Jesus, that all of these things led to an encounter with Jesus. But that's still the blessing that we get to live in today. So what Shelly and I wanted to do is just kind of walk back and forth this morning and I'll talk through scripture and, and just have Shelly share a bit of how these are blessings that we still get to have today. So if you want to talk a little bit about the blessings of encounter, I'm going to bring this over for you. Okay. I do feel like, um, you know, just as a church body, you know, for Zach and I coming here, you know, we had to ask ourselves, why? Why us? Why here? And so, in starting Luke, that was just a really big deal. I, found, I felt a lot of peace 
in going through something together. And I knew it was going to take a long time. And, you know, people wanted to look at us and ask us questions. You know, what are you going to do? What are you going to change? And we really felt strongly that, you know, God is in charge. This is the Lord's church, and we want to know what the Lord wants to do here, and we want to discern that and do it. And that's been awesome in so many ways because then you don't take on, like, this burden or this pressure, you know, of whatever you feel like you're supposed to accomplish. And we haven't been perfect about that. There definitely have been some hard things that we have allowed to rest on our shoulders, but it's good for us to encounter the Lord and to go back to the Lord and say, Lord, you're in charge. We want to follow you in this, and we want to discern from you. And so I would say for me personally, and I don't know about you, but I feel like in the last three years in journeying through Luke, we've had some awesome encounters with the Lord, some awesome times in the presence of the Lord, mm. um, some amazing times of worship together. And worship is unifying. You know, it's just that, that anthem of praise, you know, just right here in this room. I know for me and, you know, for several others, we really tried to commit to greater amounts of prayer. Um, and so just trying to carve out time to be with the Lord, be in the Lord's presence, hearing from the Lord. And when you do that, the Lord ministers to your life in just the right way. Like he has just what you need. And that daily portion, and we, we talk about abiding, you know, and that, that comes from that principle of abiding in the vine. And there's, there's nutrients there. There's the properties that you need to survive. And so I feel like that's been an amazing thing in my life, just being in the presence of the Lord through worship, through greater amounts of prayer, and just trusting in the Lord. You know, when we don't know everything, we don't know everything. But when you realize that, it's just awesome to just go to the presence of the Lord and just allow the Lord to minister and just enjoy that encounter. Yeah, you might have to shift over here, move around a little bit. Last time I thought we'd kind of run back and forth, but she was standing next to me, so I'm like, we'll just scoot up then, and that's all right. We'll be, do this together this way. <laughs> um, it really is. I mean, we're, we're called to this blessed life in Jesus because we can have encounters with him. That really, part of why we gather on a Sunday morning is because there's so much in Scripture that you can find of guaranteed places of encounter. I don't know if you've ever considered that. It says where two or three are gathered, if you have been in church any length of time, what's that Scripture say? I'm there in the midst of them. Isn't that incredible? So part of why we gather on a Sunday is because we know that we can encounter the Lord in, in special ways, that we can create an environment of encounter with Jesus. And of course, we can have that in our abiding time with him uh, in, our, in our private space as well in our own homes. But it, it is a blessing that we can encounter Jesus. But not only are we, are we blessed with encounter, but we're blessed, we live a blessed life because we can be amazed as we follow Jesus. I'd love for you to think for a moment, in what ways, is there even one moment where you can think about, man, when I was following Jesus, this was amazing. And it's been fun for us to think about ways that we have been amazed, even just in the last three years, of marriages restored, relationships that were reconciled, of God doing what seemed impossible, he made possible. Um, even as we've been a part of, of as, as a church engaged in missions and overseas missions, of taking the gospel to, to almost the most unlikely places, and we've been a part of that. It really is amazing to follow Jesus. I don't know if you have thoughts on, on some of the amazing things of, of following him. Uh, well, when we came here, I was, you know, a stay-at-home mom, and I loved that. You know, I had made that adjustment a long time ago and just still had Lucas at home with me um, in the course of the last three years of, you know, going into Luke, uh, my whole daily life changed. 
Uh, I would probably say my whole life changed. Um, <laughs> but I went back to teaching, and that really just came about because I knew the Lord was working in my heart and prompting me to do something, and I just didn't know what that was going to look like and still not really sure what that would feel like um, in trying to lead a church and to step out into community life as well. Um, when I had taught before, we didn't have any children. Now we have three, which sometimes feels like a million. And so just really trying not to take on so much. Um, so I had gone into the school to just inquire about, you know, something part-time. And, you know, it was just well-received. It was all positive. You know, it just seemed like this was going to be, you know, a great thing. And then I sat down one day with Zach. And, you know, of course, Zach just loves to wow me all the time. So... <laughs> He's asking me questions, you know, well, what would you like to do? Would you like to do this? Would you like to have your own classroom again? And, you know, I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do all that. And he's like, oh, what? And I said, well, I mean, my license, we let my teaching license lapse while we were overseas. And so he gets his computer out and he's kind of like, you know, just watch this. And so he's typing and he's trying to figure out all the ins and outs. And when we had looked a couple of years prior there wasn't reciprocity with a teaching license between Illinois and Indiana. My license had lapsed in Illinois. And just the year before, there's now a reciprocity. So he's like, all you have to do is pay a fee. And now, just like that, you have an Indiana license. And so I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, and he's like, okay, what else? You know, I mean, it, it was just like this. It was like this amazing process of just allowing the Lord to lead our hearts. And, and even with the school at Klondike, that's where our kids all three of our kids, or two of our kids, were at the time, and then Lucas was going to start at Klondike. And I love the leadership there. You know, as a mom in the hallway, you're able to observe all these things and just loving on our teachers. And I would have just really loved to have gotten a job at Klondike. But there's so many schools here. So I applied at, like, 11 different positions. And we kept watching online. And um, I went into the principal really feeling like I wouldn't get a job there. And I was so nervous, as you all can imagine. And, you know, I went in and said, you know, I've been a stay-at-home mom, and I'm going to go back to teaching, and I just wanted to tell you that because I'm so nervous about it, and if I have an interview, I need to work through this. And he was just super encouraging. And about a week later, he called me and said I could have an interview. And so I was like, oh, my goodness, this is just so nerve-wracking. And left the interview and just felt like that was very kind of him, and he didn't ask me a lot of questions, and I just felt like that was very sweet. And then a couple of days later, he called and said, would I like the kindergarten job there? And I just was like, oh my gosh. And I even said, can I be excited on the phone? And he was like, yes. <laughs> so it just was really awesome to go from, you know, not even having a current license in the state to just seeing how the Lord had just already gone before me to put me right in a position where I was still right here in our community and knowing the people that live right around us and being able to get to know people right here better in West Lafayette. It really is a blessing to follow the Lord and see what he does. Um, and part of that is you have to recognize his fingerprints. That's why we take time. You know, Mark does our welcome and, and shares those celebrations because we want people to look for it. God is always active. And the question is, do you have eyes to see it? But not only are we blessed with encounters with Jesus and amazed at following him, but we also have the blessing of understanding scripture, that we can understand the gospel. We see that in this passage, that Jesus opens up the scriptures to them. He explains the gospel, and, and it really is a blessing to understand scripture. And I don't know if you have thoughts of, of that blessing as well. I mean, too, I feel like for Zach and I, you know, we obviously love the scripture. We want to teach the scripture, but we also have to be obedient to scripture for ourselves. And 
you know, we love our marriage. I feel like Zach is a great spiritual leader for us, but I feel strongly about my own relationship with the Lord. And when I get to heaven, I do feel like I'm going to stand before the Lord and give an account of my own obedience um, to the Lord. And so that matters a lot to me. So I want to read scripture. I want to figure out what that means for me and be obedient to that. And I do feel like as we've been going through Luke, I've allowed that scripture to guide my life. And I want to be a student of God's word. And even though I may be really familiar with it, it doesn't matter. You know, it's living, breathing, active in my life. And there have been some strong messages that have come forth for me personally, and I know for Zach too. And we want to be obedient to that and walk out what that means. Now for us, it's awkward, you know, because we're having to walk it out before you and we're having to figure that out, you know, before you guys. But at the same time, I have, you know, increasing measures of peace. And the more I get to know you, the more I can see that I should have peace because the Lord's doing the same thing in your life and you're being obedient to scripture and you're stepping out in new ways. And so then I feel a community in that. Um, It's precious. And and the reason Jesus shared the gospel with the disciples or helped them better understand scripture is because he says, and now what I want you to do is be witnesses of me for all nations starting in Jerusalem. And so we have this blessing of being a witness as well. And and we see that for the disciples, but that's a blessing for us. Um, So do you have thoughts on the the blessing of being a witness? So last year, was it last year we did mentoring? Yeah. Yeah. So last year we did mentoring And that was really powerful for me because when I was a little girl, I was seven and at church camp and just really felt like the Lord called me into missions. And at that time and with, you know, all the teaching around me, I'm, you know, I'd pretty well defined what I thought that looked like. And that definitely looked overseas and I couldn't wait to do that and felt very fulfilled in being an overseas missionary. And that was part of the learning curve in coming here and trying to continually wrap my mind around living here, but still having a heart for missions. And when we were going through the mentoring process, it's like the Lord just allowed me to kind of piece together so many of the different seasons of my life. And we were talking about everyday disciple makers and disciple makers making disciples. And it's like the scripture just really came to life in me and helped me to see that even though I felt like I was supposed to be an overseas missionary, I was really called to be a disciple maker, making disciples and making disciples and making disciples. And I just allowed the Lord to just minister to my heart and just to live in that, that it doesn't matter where I am, I can be a disciple maker. And that's not easy, but when you embrace that calling and allow the Lord to lead in that way, um, it just helped, you know, you don't always go to the Lord and say, I just need it all to make sense. And he, you know, was able to do that. But for so many of the questions I had in my life, he was able to piece that together and just help me find so, so much fulfillment. That if this is where the Lord is going to minister to me and speak to me and piece things together, there's really no other place I want to be. Hmm. You know, I don't want to be overseas. I want to be right here because this is where the Lord is speaking to me and piecing things together for me. So we are, but you know, what's interesting is you look at the passage, the Lord knew the disciples could not just be a witness on their own, that they needed his Holy Spirit power to do it. So he said, wait in Jerusalem and I'll send you the promise of the Father who will be clothed with power, basically clothed with himself to do it. And so the other blessing we find in this passage is the blessing of his Holy Spirit empowerment. Jesus doesn't leave us on our own. He gives us what we need to do what he's asked us to do. 
Uh, so thoughts on blessings of, of spirit empowerment? Definitely going back to work, you know, I just continued to talk to Zach and just to make it a matter of prayer on, you know, what does the Lord want me to do in, in that setting? And um, just always wanting to be available to people and talking to people and sharing my life with people. Um, and then in the last year, you know, we've really tried to dive more into um, the disciple maker training or, um, you know, discovery Bible study and talking about that and looking into it, practicing it for ourselves. And I like to practice things, but I also like to do things. And so really, it was just strong in my heart, really, really, really wanted to do a discovery Bible study. I was kind of tired of talking about it. And so um, just really made that a matter of prayer. And, you know, we kind of had accountability to write that down. And uh, the Lord allowed me to step into that at Klondike with some teacher friends of mine to just sit down in my classroom, open scripture, and just spend time looking at scripture together. Uh, that's amazing. You know, I was determined to be faithful to what I felt like the Holy Spirit was leading me in. And just depending on um, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to be patient. I mean, I certainly have plenty of opportunity to teach and to lead people in ministry. So it's not like I need to go looking for it. You know, it's just part of our life and it's part of our role here. Mm. And I was a bit hesitant in that at Klondike because I felt like if somebody else wants an opportunity to lead, they should do it. And this year, there was kind of this void in who was going to maybe lead a book study is kind of the typical thing. And nobody was signing up to do it. And so I just told Zach, I think I'm going to step out. I'm just going to say, you know, this is what I'd like to do. And I didn't want to do a book study. I said, plainly, I want it to be a discovery Bible study. Make no mistake. I'm not mixing my words. I'm not going to say one thing and do something else. And it was just really cool to see how the favor of the Lord has gone before me in that and just allowing me to be able to truly open scripture and be able to have that time with people. So there's a lot of blessings, a blessing of an encounter, a blessing of being amazed as we follow Jesus, uh, the blessing of understanding scripture, that he opens that up to us. And I would say this, if you're in the practice of reading scripture and you feel like you have a hard time understanding it, pause and just pray and say, Holy Spirit, open up the scripture to me that I'm reading so I can apply it to my life. But we have this blessing of being his witnesses and empowered to do it. But then we also have this blessing of the Jesus in his ascension. He is king sitting at the right hand of the Father as our advocate. What an incredible blessing. Paul writes the, the believers in Rome and then in Ephesus. And, and he shares what this is. And so he writes the believers in Rome. And here's what he says. Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, doing what? Pleading for us. What a blessing. Jesus right now is interceding for you. If you want somebody praying for you, Jesus is the right person. That's an unbelievable promise. And then he writes the believers in Ephesus, Paul does, and here's what he shares with them. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power. There's that power again that we are afforded. And what kind of power? The same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor. That's the power we have access to. And what did that do for Jesus when God put him at his right hand? It put him, what does it say? Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things, okay, that means all things, under the authority of Christ has made him head 
of all things for the benefit of the church. This is who you want interceding for you. What a blessing that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father as our advocate. What a blessing that is. Do you have thoughts on that? First, I want to say, you know, what we're doing, we hope you'll do too. We hope that things are coming to your mind and how the Lord has ministered to you through Luke. Um, You know, we have the time, we make the time, I'll say, to do this, to reflect and to talk about it and to just acknowledge the blessings of the Lord in what he's doing here because that's really important to us. And I hope that would be important to you too, to take some time and reflect and see what the Lord has done through our community, through his word, through our time spent together, through the Holy Spirit. Um, It's just really important to reflect. Um, For me, going back to teaching has just been kind of this ongoing theme, and it's caused me to rely on the Lord in new ways. And definitely experiencing the Lord's nearness last year, with my first year back to teaching, it was really difficult. And I was on a huge learning curve, you know, the educational system has changed so much. And I mean, like, who are we kidding? You know, Klondike is right here in the town of Purdue, so it's going to be rigorous, you know. And so I had to go along with that. You know, things aren't going to be like they used to be. And uh, so just trying to also wrap my mind around that. Um, But it was really difficult. I had some interesting challenges. I felt like I had to continually rely on the Holy Spirit and not give up. And not see it as, you know, like, well, that's just the educational system. Or those are just the kids today. Or, you know, there's just all kinds of ways you can kind of shift. But I just really felt like God had given me this job in in a beautiful, beautiful miracle. And I wanted to see it through, even though it was difficult. And so then what do you do? You rely on what you know. And you stand firm on the promises of the Lord. And you have awesome friends who listen to you cry about it. (laughs) Uh, you know, I put post-it notes of scripture on my computer screen and count it all joy was a theme of mine that count it all joy when you have trials, you know. So I went into it daily knowing I'm going to see this through because I know the Lord is with me and he's cheering me on and my friends are cheering me on and people are praying for me and people are coming and praying through my classroom and, you know, and just asking me about it and supporting me in that. And so I just felt like I had every reason to continue, even though it was difficult, even though I didn't like it, even though I was exhausted, it didn't matter. I knew the Lord had given me this position and I was going to see it through. And so just knowing that the nearness of the Lord is so real and it's so strong in our lives sometimes that when we continually strive to see what the Lord is doing, he's so faithful to meet us there And it's just been a beautiful time for me to trust in the Lord, for me to stand here at the front of this church and cry my eyes out in prayer, to truly suffer in ways where I was just like, I don't have to do this. (laughs) You know, what am I doing? But still feeling like, no, I do have to do this. The Lord has something meaningful here, and I want to know what it is. And so just trusting the Lord in that. So no matter what you're facing, you know as you follow Jesus, he's interceding for you. And that's an incredible blessing as we live in his gospel story. And the last blessing we find in the scripture passage from this morning, it says that as Jesus ascends, the disciples enter into Jerusalem, praising or worshiping God, and they're worshiping him together at the temple. So the blessing we have in Jesus and following him is the blessing of gathering like we do on a Sunday. What a blessing it is. And I think sometimes we maybe take that for granted, that we get to do this until we go home or until our king comes again. Any thoughts on the blessing of gathering? I 
this, am I on? A lot of this has been, you know, a journey for us, um, you know, trying to really trust the Lord and do church ministry in a way that's most honoring to the Lord. And Zach and I both grew up in ministers' homes, and that doesn't mean we're just totally qualified for this job. But we also didn't want to come in here and just do what had been modeled for us or, or what our fathers had done. They did something that they needed to do in the time they were supposed to do it, in the community they were supposed to do it in. And so for us, it's been a constant journey to say, Lord, please guide us, lead us, direct us, show us. And I feel we've been faithful to really seek out what is the Lord doing? What does he want us to do? How does he help us get to the place that he wants us to be? Being here, being in this body, you know, you were absolute strangers to us and you welcomed us. I mean, literally pom-poms brought us <laughs> into the driveway. Um, you know, it's been amazing. You know, the deers let us live in their home and our kids still call that our first home in West Lafayette. And so, I mean, it really has been a great journey for us to be here, but to be here in this sanctuary, to be worshiping. I know our first vacation, it was a big deal. You know, they were like, go away. You need to get away. You need to refresh and renew. So we did, we went away and we went to a church in Carmel, I think. And we were just like, why are we here? I mean, why would we come here? Listen, let's never do this again, you know? And so then the next year for vacation, Zach had to go out of town. And the kids and I both were like, we want to go to church. We want to go to our church. This is where our friends are. This is our community. And I just didn't know what to do with myself because I didn't have any responsibilities whatsoever. And I didn't know if I was going to throw a wrench in plans by being here. And I didn't want people looking to me at all because after all, we were on vacation. And so I sat back there on the stairs to the balcony and just worshiped and cried and just allowed the Lord to minister to me. I was here, but I was still on vacation. So I don't encourage that, but I still wanted to be here and I still wanted to fellowship with everybody. And I make it a priority to be here. I don't have to be here. You know, Zach needs to be here. But I really can choose what I do with my Sundays. And I could travel. I have a family. I can go and visit my family. And I know our, our deacons would say, go, go and visit your family. Um, but you have become my family. And that's mm -hmm. because that's what we desire. We desire to grow in relationship. We mm -hmm. desire to know you. And we desire to journey with you as people open themselves up to that. And so I want to be here. I need to check in. I need updates. I need to know what's going on. Sometimes I just need to see your face and just know everything's okay. You're handling your situation okay. And the Lord is faithful. And so it's just a priority to me to be with you guys. One of the global partners that was here recently, you know, he shared about some of the challenges that believers face in other settings. And he, he mentioned, you know, yes, they're in house churches, but if they could gather like we're doing on a Sunday morning, they would gladly do that. So may we never take for granted the opportunity we have to gather like this. May we never take that for granted. It really is a blessing that we can gather and connect and worship the Lord together. It really is a blessing to follow Jesus. And basically the, the conclusion to Luke is for just, it's meant to be one of examination. Are you living in those blessings? Are you living in the blessings that you can encounter Jesus? Are you being amazed as you follow him because of the way that you follow him? Are you amazed at the, the things that he's doing in your life and around the, the lives of those that are around you? Is he opening up scripture to you in, in new and deepening ways? 
How are you being blessed? Are you living in that blessed life that Jesus affords us all? Because it really is a blessing to follow Jesus and live in his gospel story. Part of the reason I had uh, Naren and, and, and Stacy share at the beginning of the service is, is, you know, we're all invited to journey with Jesus together. Everyone in this room is. And we're going to continue to journey with Jesus this next month. We'll get into Christmas and, and we'll journey with the fact that Jesus came, that our, our, our King has come. And, and then we'll get into a, a series in January and February on a great awakening, that the Lord really is bringing about an awakening in the lives of many in this body and in those all across North America. We get to journey with Jesus and we'll jump into Acts. And so the question is, have you been on that journey? Are you living in that blessed life? Because you're meant to. We're all meant to. So may you link arms with others and be on that journey with Jesus. What kind of experiences will you have in the next several years as you continue to journey with Jesus together with others? What kind of blessings will you experience as you follow the Lord? You know, and as we always try to be clear, as we talk about a blessed life in the kingdom, we don't talk about an easy one. It's not easy to to follow Jesus. It's not complicated, but it's not easy. And that's what makes it hard sometimes. As we follow Jesus and are faithful to him, he is working things out. And if you missed some of those messages in Luke, they're all online. You can go back and watch those. I think about those early messages Shelly and I were talking about of Mary and how we encourage people. Mary, as she was with child, and that's a big deal in that culture. She didn't worry. What did she do? She worshiped. And that defined a lot of things for us. We're not going to worry about things we're going to worship. So wherever you find yourself today, may you continue to journey with Jesus with others because we're meant to go on that journey together and watch what he'll do as we follow the Lord together. I'm going to invite you to stand as we close in song this morning. And as you're standing, I'd like to ask that that maybe you're here today and you realize you've not been living that blessed life because you've never devoted your life to Jesus because that's the entry point. To live a blessed life, you've got to be a follower of Jesus and live in his gospel story. So today you would say, I I haven't been living that life, but I'd like to. I, I want to make that adjustment to the way that I live my life. So with every head bowed in this room, if that's where you find yourself today, to say, I've not been living a blessed life, but I want to live a blessed life in the kingdom of God. I just invite you to raise your hand to say, I want to follow Jesus. I want to step into that blessed life that I'm offered in him. So who here today would say, that's me. I want to follow Jesus and live that blessed life. Here in the middle, anybody else that would say, that's me. I want to follow Jesus. I want to step into that blessed life that I'm, I'm offered in him. He is the entry point to that life that we're offered. Jesus, I just pray that you would lead us all into the blessed life that you have for us to live. The blessing of encountering you, the blessing of being amazed by you. Lord, the the blessing of having scripture open up in our hearts and lives. The blessing of being a spirit-empowered witness of you. The blessing of knowing you're our advocate, our intercessor, and, and the blessing of gathering on a Sunday to be able to worship with other believers to sit at your table, to to realize what a blessing it is to live in your kingdom. And so God, I just pray for the person that raised their hand or others in this room that are saying, I want to enter into that blessed life that I'm offered in you. I pray, Jesus, you'd meet them where they're at. I pray, Jesus, they'd be firm in their faith with you and that we would journey with them, Lord. They're not alone in that decision. We make that decision in community and we help each other to live it out. So God, we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody had asked me in our early morning prayer time, and I hadn't really reflected on this part. They asked, as we've walked through Luke the last three years, how many people made a decision as we've shared that good news? Made that decision to follow Jesus. 
So I went back and looked it up. I thought, you know, that's an interesting question. 252 people have made decisions to follow Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Thank you, Jesus. We really have good news to share, so may we share it. Pastor Mark's going to be here in the front for the person that raised their hand or for others that, that wanted to. I just would encourage you, as we close in song, step out from where you're at, meet with Pastor Mark. One of our prayer team members will meet with you to, to share with you, where do you go from here? How do you follow Jesus for a lifetime? Eternity starts now for you as you make that decision so we don't take that lightly. But let's close in song and worship him together.